you are listening to Storytime with Barmon, Season 1, Episode 10. Hey everybody, welcome to Storytime with Barmon. Right in this episode, we're going to read the next two chapters of George's Marvelous Medicine. I'll call it George's Medicine on the podcast name. And we'll just begin. George begins to make the medicine. George took an enormous saucepan out of the cupboard and placed it on the kitchen table. George, came a shrill voice from the next room. What are you doing? Nothing, Grandma, he called out. You needn't think I can't hear you just because you closed the door. You're rattling the saucepans. I'm just tidying the kitchen, Grandma. Then there was silence. George had absolutely no doubts. What's whosoever, whatsoever, about how he was going to make his famous medicine? He wasn't going to fool about his wondering, about wondering whether to put in a little bit of this or a little bit of that. Quite simply, there was going to put. He was going to put in everything he could find there would be no messing about no hesitating no wondering whether a particular thing would knock the old girl sideways or not the only rule would be this whatever he saw if it was runny or powdery or goo it and it went Nobody had ever made a medicine like that before. If it actually didn't cure Grandma, then it would anyway cause some exciting results. It would be worth watching. George decided to work his way round the various rooms one at a time and see what they had to offer. He would go first to the bathroom. There are always lots of funny things in a bathroom. So upstairs he went, carrying the enormous two-handled saucepan before him. In the bathroom, he gazed longingly at the famous dreaded medicine cupboard. But he didn't go near it. It was the only thing in the entire house it was forbidden to touch. He had made solemn promises to his parents about about this and he wasn't going to break them. There were things there were things in there they had told him that could actually kill a person and although he was out to give grandma a pretty fairy mouthful, he didn't really want a dead body on his hands. George put the saucepan on the floor and went to work. Number one was a bottle labeled Golden Gloss Hair Shampoo. 
He emptied it into the pan. That'll wash your tummy nice and clean, he said. He took a full tube of toothpaste and squeezed out the whole lot of it in one long worm. Maybe that will brighten up those horrid brown teeth of hers, she said. Then there was an, or an also can of super foam shaving soap belonging to, his belonging to his father. George loved playing with Australs. He pressed the button and kept his finger on it until there was nothing left. A wonderful mountain of white foam built up in the giant saucepan. With his fingers, he scooped out contents of a jar of vitamin-enriched face cream. If it went in a small bottle, it went in a small bottle of scarlet nail varnish. The toothpaste doesn't clean her teeth, George said. This will paint them as red as roses. He found another jar of creamy stuff labeled hair removers. Smear it on your legs, it said, and allow to remain for five minutes. George tipped it all into the saucepan. There was a bottle of yellow stuff inside it called Dishworth's famous dandruff cur, and it went. There was something called Brie de Lent for cleaning false teeth. It was a white powder, and that went too. He found another Astral can. Nevermore Ponking Durant Spray guaranteed. It said to keep away unpleasant body smells for a whole day. She could use plenty of that, George said as he sprayed the entire canful into the saucepan. Liquid Pref in the next one was called it was a big bottle. He hadn't the famous idea it did to you, but he poured it in anyway. That he thought looking around him was all about was about all from the bathroom. On his mother's dressing table in the bedroom, George found another lovely astral can. It was called Mega's hair set. Hold 12 inches away from the hair and spray lightly. He squirted the whole lot into the saucepan. He did enjoy squirting these nostrils. There was a bottle of perfume called Flowers of Turnips. It smelled of old cheese in it went and into in a large box of powder. It was called Pink Plaster. There was a powder puff on top and he threw that in as well for luck he found a couple of lipsticks he pulled the greasy red things out of their little cases and added them to the mixture the bedroom had nothing more to offer so george carried the enormous saucepan downstairs again and trotted into the laundry room where the shelves were full of kinds of household items the first one he hooked down was a large box of super white automatic washing machines. 
dirt, it said, will disappear like magic. George didn't know whether Grandma was automatic or not, but she was certainly a dirty old woman. So she'd better have it all, he said, tipping in the whole box full. There was a big tin of waxwell floor polish. It removes filth and foul messes from your floor and leaves everything shiny bright, it said. George scooped the orange-colored waxy stuff out of the tin and plonked it into the pan. There was a round cardboard carton labeled flea powder for dogs. Keep away, keep well away from dogs' food, it said, because this powder, it, if eaten, it will make the dog explode. Good, said George. Pouring it all into the saucepan, he found a box of carony seed on the shelf. Perhaps it'll make the old bird sing, he said, and in it went. Next, George explored the box with shoe cleaning materials, brushes, and tins and dusters. Well, now, he thought, Grandma's medicine is so brown, my medicine must also be brown, or she'll smell like a rat. The way to color it, he decided, would be with brown shoe polish. The large tin he chose was labeled dark tan. Splendid. He scooped it all out with an old spoon and plopped it into the pan. He would stir it up later. On his way back to the kitchen, George saw a bottle of gin standing on the sideboard. Grandma f was very fond of gin. She was allowed to have a sn small nip of it every evening. Now he could give her a treat. He would pour in the whole bottle. He did. Back in the kitchen, George put... A huge saucepan on the table and went over to the cupboard that served as a larder. The shelves were blugging with bottles of jars of very of every sort. He chose the following and emptied one by one into the saucepan. A tin of curry powder. A tin of mustard power, a bottle of extra hot chili sauce, a tin of black peppercorns, a bottle of horseradish sauce. There, he said out loud, that shall do it. George, came the stretchy voice from the next room. Who are you talking to in there? What are you up to? Nothing, Grandma. Absolutely nothing, he called back. Is it time for my medicine? Yeah. No, Grandma. Not for half an hour. Well, just you don't forget about it. I won't, Grandma George answered. I promise I won't. Animal pills. At this point, George suddenly had an extra good wheeze. Although the medicine cardboard in the house was forbidden ground, what about the... Medicines his father kept on the shelf in the shed next to the hen house. The animal medicines? 
What about those? Nobody had ever told him he mustn't touch them. Let's face it, George said to himself. Hairspray and shaving cream and shoe polish are all very well and they will no doubt cause some splendid explosions inside the old geezer but what the magic mixture how now needs a touch of real stuff real pills and real tonics to give it punch and muscle George picked up the heavy three quarters of saucepan full and carried it out of the back door. He crossed the farmyard and headed straight for the shed alongside the hen house. He knew his father wouldn't be there. He was out hen making in one of the meadows. George entered the dusty old shed and and put the saucepan on the bench. He looked up at the medicine shelf. There were five big bottles there. Two were full of pills, two were of runny stuff, and one was full of powder. I'll use them all, George said. Grandma needs them. Boy, she does need them. The first bottle he took down contained an orange-colored powder. The label said for chickens with foul, foul pest, hen grief, sore beaks, gamey legs, crocolitis, egg trouble, broadness or loss of feathers. Mix one spoonful only with each bucket of feed. Well, George said out loud to himself as he tipped the whole ball bottleful. The old bird won't lose any feathers after she had a dose of this. The next bottle he took down had about 500 gigantic purple pills in it for houses with horse throats. It said on the label, the horse throated horse should suck one pill each twice a day. Grandma, Grandma may not have a horse throat, George said, but she certainly got a sharp tongue. Maybe they'll cure that instead. Into the saucepan, the 500 gigantic pills. Then there was a bottle of thick yellowish liquid for cows bulls and bullocks and bullocks the the label said it will cure cowpox cow mange crumpled horns bad breath in bulls earache toothache headache hoofache tailache and sore under udders that grumpy old cow in the living room has every one of those rotten illnesses George said, she'll need it all. With a slop of a gargle, the, le- the yellow liquid splashed into the now nearly full saucepan. The next bottle contained a brilliant red liquid. 
sheep. Dip it said on the label for sheep with sheep prot and for getting rid of ticks and fleas, one spoonful in one gallon of water and slosh over the sheep. Caution, do not make the mixture any stronger or the wood or the wool will fall out and the animal will be naked. My gun, said George, I love to walk and slosh all over old grandma, but I can't watch the ticks and fleas go jumping off her, but I can't. Grandma and watch the ticks and fleas go jumping off her, but I can't. I mustn't. She'll have to drink it instead. She... He poured the bright red medicine into the saucepan. The last bottle on the shelf was a full of pale green pills. Pig pills, the label announced. For pigs with pork pricklers, tender toners, bristle blight, and swine sickness. Give one pill per day. In serve cases of two pills may be given, but more than that will make the pig rock and roll. Just a stuff, said George. That for that miserable old pig back in the house. She'll need a very big dose. He tipped all the guard green pills. Hundreds and hundreds of them into the saucepan. There was an old stick laying on the bench that been used for stirring paint. George picked it up and started stirring his marvelous Canuck tin. The mixture was thick as cream and he poured. And as he stirred and stirred, many wonderful colors rose and from the depths and blended together. Pinks, blues, yellows, browns. George went on stirring until it was all well and mixed. But even so, there were still hundreds and hundreds of pill lying on the bottom that hadn't melted. And there was his mother's splendid powder puff floating on the surface. I shall have to boil it all up, George said. In one quick boil on the stove it all needs. And with that he strangered saucepan. On the way, George, he passed the garage and he went in to see if he could any, any, so, so he went in to see if he could find any other interesting things. He added the following, half a pint of engine oil to keep Grandma's engine going softly. Some antifreeze to keep her radar form freezing in the winter. A handful of grease to grease her creaking joints. Then back to the kitchen. So that will do it for season one, episode ten. I'll see you later this day. For I'll I mean I'll see you in a few minutes for. Episode 11. Goodbye.